All right, let's get out our Bibles this morning and go over to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today for this opportunity to study your word. We believe that you're at work in our hearts, our lives. Thank you for your faithfulness in us, Lord, to accomplish your will, that you're at work in us. We believe that's true, and we thank you for it. Lord, now we ask you for uh, words from heaven, words of truth and of life that make free. Lord, may each person have a deep and profound understanding today of your will and your ways and your word for our lives. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, everybody, uh, let's get going on Ephesians 2. We started a series a while back called The Rules of Grace. And uh, we're really kicking into gear now, getting into some good stuff, okay? And so uh, let's start with our, our text. At least we started our text a couple weeks into this, you know. Uh, Ephesians 2 and verse 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. And uh, again, how many understand that if, if we get into heaven, if I have a relationship with God because I'm such a good guy, because I've done so well, then I get the credit for that, right? And we're all going to be giving high fives to each other up in heaven saying, you're the man, you're the man, you know, you got it going on, you just, uh, it's all about you, all about you. Uh, but how many know that's not the way it's going to be? We're going to be going... He's the man, he's the man. <laughs> it's all about Jesus, and we're going to forever be um, grateful and uh, knowledgeable of the truth that without him, we are nothing, all right? And, uh, but today, uh, we're talking about the rules of grace, and this is the very foundation of it, that we're saved not because of what we do, but because of what he did, all right? And our acceptance of that changes everything. And, uh, and so we combine this scripture now where we know that our salvation uh, originates and is fully completed uh, with him. Nothing else we can add to it. Nothing else we can do to improve on it. Okay, you can't make your life better now by kicking it into high gear. No, he, he literally saved you and he finished the job. The work on the cross was not a 90 percenter. It was the full deal here. Okay, now go to Colossians. Look at the other part of this. You remember Ephesians and Colossians are very similar books. If you were to put them side by side, you'd see many of the same truths. But this brings out a verse, Colossians 2.6, that, that's very enlightening. It says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So how did we receive Christ Jesus the Lord? We received him by grace through faith. It is simply by the work of God that we accepted that now we uh, are changed. He said, in that same way, now walk in Him. In other words, don't get saved by grace and then flip over into yourself when it comes to living for God. Now I'm dependent upon my efforts and my discipline and my willpower and my ability just to do everything right. No, the same way you get saved is the way that we're supposed to walk with Him. In other words, that same grace is supposed to carry us. 
Like we talked about last week, it's that tailwind that pushes us. It's, it enables us to go farther, faster, with less effort than we can ever do on our own. In fact, the Bible tells us over in, in Philippians. Is it Philippians? Am I getting that, that reference right? Well, you know what I'm going to say because I said it last night. Well, you don't. You skip church, but... <laughs> No, I actually made her skip church because it was my daughter's birthday party and we don't have any other nights of the week available. My daughter's 13. Yay. Am I embarrassing you? Is that why you're not looking up at me? (laughs) 13 and she got a triple on her birthday to deep left center. I got it on video on my iPhone. I'll Facebook it. You can see it. So now you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, Philippians. Remember the, the Bible tells us to work out, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And sometimes that's confusing to someone. We talk about living by the grace of God. Uh, but how many understand the salvation that you work out is not something that you're trying to get, but something that you already possess? Work out the salvation that you already possess. In other words, it starts inside, and we're going to let it affect our mind, affect our actions, our words, our everyday lives. But even with that, some say, oh, you still got us working. We do work, but it's still not the same as us doing it by ourselves because the very next verse says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So everything that I'm doing for God, yes, I'm working, but it's still not the same as if it were just me working for God. It's God working in me, enabling me, empowering me, to do what I couldn't do on my own. Amen. And so this is the mindset that we all absolutely must adapt for this New Testament life. If you really want to live the Christian life as God intended, if you want to live for Him and experience His best and His highest and His fullness, then we've got to learn to get in that groove. We get in that flow, in that, in that supernatural mm, that comes up behind us. Amen. It's God who works in us. Say it out loud, God is working in me to will and to do of his good pleasure amen so our job is just then just yielding to that i'm giving place to it i'm not see i still have a will i can resist it i can fight but no my focus is just yielding yielding to what the lord wants to do in my life amen today i want to talk to you a little bit about being accepted or rejected accepted or rejected understand that there are certain things that God rejects did you know that actually this is kind of this will be tougher to handle but there are certain people that God rejects I know many times in our day people want to think that God is all-inclusive that he just accepts and embraces everything and everybody. Well, because God is love, he just accepts all. But God is love, yet he doesn't just accept all. Everybody with me so far? You don't have to agree yet. Just be with me. Okay. I'm here, I'm here to speak the truth and change minds with the word of God. Okay. And then, of course, you judge the word. Uh, but not everything is just accepted. Let me give you a couple examples. 
uh, you don't need to turn to these, but 1 Samuel 15 and verse 23, it says, He also has rejected you from being king. This is talking about Saul. He also has rejected you from being king. What did he do to Saul? He rejected him from being king. And then Jeremiah 6 and verse 30, this scripture speaks of uh, the fact that people will call them rejected silver because the Lord has, what? Rejected them. The Lord has rejected them. Say, I don't know about this. I mean, God really rejects people? I mean, I don't want to be rejected. Well, it's important for us to understand. Not everybody just slides into God's uh, favor. Everybody just slides into God's embrace just because he's God and he just loves everybody. Amen. Now, I know you say, isn't he God? Yes. Doesn't he love everybody? Yes. But that doesn't mean that he does not reject certain things and certain people. Praise God. Now, how many understand if he were to be just an all-inclusive God, accept and embrace everything and everybody, that takes away any standard of holiness. It takes away any standard of of righteousness, of doing right, of honesty and truth and integrity. No, there are certain things that God will not allow in. And as we'll see, this is really a good idea. He, it's like the ultimate water filter. You know, it keeps all the junk out. Why? So that you wind up with something really, really good, something really pure. But in order to have that, you've got to have a filter. Does the Lord have a filter? He is the filter that filters out what's wrong, filters out what is not uh, acceptable, so that what is allowed in is, of course, accepted. It is commonly promoted today that we should accept all beliefs, all preferences, you know, all thoughts, all lifestyles, all whatever, that we should just, uh, talking we, us, that we should just embrace everything. But that's not true. And I know sometimes when we take a position that says, no, this is wrong, no, I don't accept this, I reject this, that we're attacked, we'll be called bigots, we'll be called all kinds of things for not embracing everything. But in reality, you can't really embrace everything. How can you embrace polar opposites? How, how can you say two opposing things are both true? Hmm. Or both accepted? You can't. And I know we'll be attacked by the all accepting ones. <laughs> but, uh, but we must maintain the standard of God. And not everything is accepted, but some things are rejected. Here, here's what we mean by this. Definitions today. Reject means to dismiss as inadequate, inappropriate, or not to one's taste. That's what we're talking about when we say reject. At the, on the other side of this is to accept has to do with regarding favorably or with approval. If you accept, you regard favorably or with approval, you welcome. Even the word pleasing is appropriate here. When someone accepts, they are pleased with whatever it is or whatever person 
it is. Now, now go with me to Leviticus today. Leviticus chapter 22. That's in the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 22. Now, much of what we're saying in, in this series here, you, you, you recall, is we are differentiating between the old way and the new way. The old covenant, the new covenant, how that the man on the cross, God in the flesh, Jesus the Son of God, He literally changed everything. This whole relationship is different and far superior to any way that God related to man prior to that. And so uh, we must, again, differentiate between how things used to be and how they are today. Otherwise, we'll end up trying to have a relationship with God, to have Jesus be the Lord and Savior of our lives without the rules that govern this relationship, still trying to operate under the law. The Old Testament mentality, okay? Now, understand where we're going here. Now we're going back to the old, okay? We've got to see what's happening here. But it's, it's revealing to us to see how God would accept and reject certain things. And this tells us uh, uh, what, what is necessary, of course, to be accepted. Leviticus 22 and verse 20, he was talking about offerings now. Uh, again, I, I'm trying to set this up without having to read the whole chapter. Uh, he's talking about them bringing their offerings. Remember they had la, 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 They had laws that they had to live by, and if they broke those laws, they were cursed. They came under a curse, but God in His great love and compassion said, if you'll do this, if you'll bring this sacrifice for this kind of sin, if you'll bring this kind of offering, then you'll be able to be blessed anyway, because He really wanted them to be blessed. But with their offerings came very, very strict regulations. He said, you have to do it exactly this way. This is what we're talking about here. Okay, verse 20. He said, whatever has a defect, you shall not offer, for it shall not be acceptable on your behalf. What what shall it be? Not acceptable. And whoever offers a sacrifice of a peace offering to the Lord to fulfill his vow or a freewill offering from the cattle or the sheep, it must be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no defect in it. You see, the Lord had standards as to what he would receive or accept and what he would reject. Everybody with me on this? Okay. Not everything was accepted someone might say well well, what if you just what if you have a real good heart I mean what if you you know you had sin and you had your sacrifice but you know you're on your way to bring the sacrifice and the you know the animal steps in a hole and breaks a leg and you know and you think well you know, it's still coming from my heart, Lord. I, I just want to offer this to you. I just want this to be my sacrifice to you to cover my sin. What does the Lord say? Reject it. He'd not accept it. Well, what if someone was going through like financial hard times and, and they didn't have all the necessary uh, sacrifices to bring? And so how about I just, you know, how about I just bring something else? 
instead. I mean, Lord, you know my heart. I just want to, I'll do whatever, but this is all I have. I'll just bring this. What does he say? No. No, it's not accepted. Rejected. You know, the same thing is true even in our day as far as attitude goes. I've met many charismatics, you know, that we, you know, we're amongst that crowd, the spirit-filled group, right? But many times charismatics approach God and approach worship and approach all the things we do thinking that as long as it's coming from my heart, that's all that matters. That's not all that matters. See, we've, uh, we've become so, like we talked about on Wednesday, loosey-goosey in our, in our understanding of God. It's just, I can do whatever I want to do, however I want, whenever I want. And as long as I'm doing it from my heart, that's what really matters. It's not really what matters. Because how many know, in reality, that's worship of me. That's not worship of God. It's worship of me because I'm doing what I feel good about. I really enjoy this, and so that's how I'm going to worship God. Man, that's, that's wrong because that's not even my, being mindful of God. It, it's the whole gift thing. I really enjoy giving electronics, let's say, for example. That's my preferred gift. And so whoever I feel led to give, I'm going to give them an iPod or, a, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to give them some electronics. Well, how many know that's fulfilling a need in me, or I feel good about that, but I don't even have the receiver in mind. If I want to give a gift to someone, I should be mindful of what they want, what they need, not about what I enjoy giving. Well, I just like to make quilts, and so I'm just going to give you a quilt. Well, I don't want a quilt. Uh, you know, I'm just talking hypothetically. Uh, who says the person that you want to give a quilt to really wants a quilt? Well, I, that's my gift. <laughs> that's what I do. I, you know, I'm not making fun of you if you do that. That's great. I might want a quilt. I don't know. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But it's not about the person giving. It's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be about the receiver. What do they want? What do they need? What would they be blessed with? That's what I should be mindful of if I really want to be a blessing to them. When it comes to the Lord, again, people think, I, well, we just do whatever we do. They call everything worship. <laughs> well, everything we do is worship. That's not true. You made that up. God didn't say, where's that in the Bible? Everything you do is worship. Just, you know, And that's how, that's how uh, really... And it's especially, I don't know why this is, but it leans towards the spirit-filled end of the body of Christ <laughs> where, where things get kind of strange at times. What are they doing? Well, that's their way of worship. Oh. <laughs> what verse is that? Well, no, that's just in their heart. I know, but what's in God's heart? Anyway, let's come back to this. I thought that might illustrate the point. But here again, God gave them very strict requirements on what he would accept and what he would reject. And he said with their offerings, they have to be perfect. They have to be blemish-free. Well, why is, that, why is that true? Well, one reason is because these things were a prophetic picture of Jesus. The, it's, it, in the Bible, it's called typology. 
okay, where you go back to the Old Testament and you can see Jesus in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, you know, uh, and go all the way through. You can see Jesus is there hidden. He's there concealed in all the, a lot of the, the commandments, the Old Testament practices, the sacrifices especially. And this is one of them, is because when Jesus went to the cross, he was the spotless, perfect Lamb of God. He was the final and permanent sacrifice. What an amazing thing. And so when God was showing that in the Old Testament, he said, when you bring an offering to me, it's got to be perfect or it's not accepted. I'm sure glad the sacrifice was accepted on my behalf. <laughs> because Jesus was el perfecto, right? And he, he had it all right. And so, again, in the Old Testament, we can see not everything a person brought to God just because someone wants to bring it doesn't mean it's accepted. We need to find out what does God accept from me and then make intentional, purposeful effort to bring to him what he wants. Okay, that principle still holds true today, but thank God for... Uh, when it comes to the sacrifice that he required that. Now let's come over to the new covenant again and look at the book of John, John chapter 6. This is a verse, highlight this in your Bible because we are uh, soul winners here in this church. We are here to reach the lost at any cost. Amen. Fake it till you make it, huh? (laughs) Stir it up. Uh, John chapter 6 and verse, let's read verse 37. Jesus said here, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means, what? Cast out. He said, I'll by no means cast them out. Here's another translation here. Now, the New Living Translation says, However, those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. So we know that God does reject some. But here's here's the answer to this. Jesus said, Whoever comes to me will not get rejected. I will never cast them out. Do you notice it didn't say here, whoever comes to God the Father will not get cast out? Do you know that some do try to go directly to God the Father and get rejected? That might be hard for some to hear, but listen. God in His great love wants to embrace and receive every single person so he made a way where every single person could be accepted and could be embraced and his name is Jesus that's why the scripture said if you'll come to him what if I come directly to God well that's coming on your own terms that's coming with a blemished sacrifice That's coming with problems still present. If I want to come to God, I come to Jesus. He is the door. He is the way in. And He's the only way in. And so whoever comes to Him will never get rejected. Never get cast out. We talked about at the beginning that, that God rejects some and accepts some. Who does He accept? Everyone who comes to Jesus gets accepted why 
because he was that spotless, perfect, unblemished sacrifice that was sent for us. And he is the way into complete and perfect and full acceptance by the Lord. Let me show you another verse here. Uh, Matthew 10. Matthew chapter 10. See, this is real basic here today, but this is, this is good stuff to understand. Good stuff to understand. Matthew 10 and verse 32, 10:32, Jesus said here, "Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven, but whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven." You, you, you see this again? That the Lord doesn't just acknowledge, confess, or accept everyone. I'm talking about God the Father now. But he said, whoever confesses Jesus. If you want your name to be known in heaven, you make his name known on the earth. This is not a private practice that we're involved in. This is not something we do at home just in our little, our little prayer closet. It's time... <laughs> You know, like they say, to come out of the closet as Christians. You know, everybody else is. <laughs> and uh, it's time for us. To, what, what, what does that mean? We come out and we say, hey, uh, Jesus is the man. <laughs> he is the one who paid the price for my sins. He died for me, and I've given my life to him. He's my Savior, and he's my Lord. We're supposed to do that publicly. We are. So, if you're a Christian and no one at your work knows it, what's up with that now I don't mean they say that the primary method is they should know by your uh, you know the bumper sticker and uh, t-shirt no they should know by our lifestyle first and foremost but 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 secondly we're to acknowledge him before men this is who I am this is who I serve this is he is the Lord and master of my life and if you want to be a who's who on earth I tell you what that's not a real prominent priority in the in the big picture but to be a who's who in heaven is one who has made his name known who has declared that Jesus is all that he is the way truth and the life amen and so again Jesus said if you confess me who's me Jesus how many know we got to get back to if we've ever departed and hopefully you haven't but get back to Jesus because a lot of times people will be real comfortable talking about God. They'll say, oh, I accepted God in my heart. Well, I mean, that's not untrue, but be precise. Jesus is God. I don't want to just talk about I have a relationship with God. I do have a relationship with God. His name is Jesus. And my relationship with the Father is through the Son. And the Bible emphasizes again and again and again and again and again that the way that uh, we are accepted is simply because of Jesus and not just, well, I, you know, I believe in God. The devil believes in God. That's not really a big deal. I mean, you know, I mean, I know there's a few folks around who, who don't believe in God. They call them atheists and so forth. But that's a real you know, small minority, that's not real impressive to say I believe in God. I mean, you haven't come very far. <laughs> but a person who says, 
Jesus is my Lord and my Master. He is the one in whom I trust. He is my Savior. He's the reason I'm forgiven and have eternal life. That's when we're talking Bible language now. We've come into the New Covenant. huh? Old Testament, they talked about God. They may have some talked about a soon coming or future coming Messiah. But in the New Testament, what, are, what is our language? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's the name we should never be ashamed to say. It's the name that we proclaim and make known all of our days. More important than the name Life Church. More important than the name of any other great church. More important than any individual. It's the name of Jesus. He is to be glorified and magnified. Amen now. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 1. You see, our acceptance or rejection of God is completely in our hands. The moment I acknowledge or confess Him, I get acknowledged. The moment I say Jesus, He says, Mark. Are you listening? That's what He said. You confess me? I'm talking to my dad about you. Yeah. Jesus. Mark. (laughs) Come on, He's saying your name too. You say His name, He says your name. What if I just say God? I don't hear anything. You hear anything? But I say Jesus, I hear Mark. What do you hear? All right. Few you're bold. Come on now. This is not mystical and out there. And This is the real thing. He's really calling out your name before the Father. When you said Jesus, He said what was that? You said Jesus. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds a little better. <laughs> he's talking about us. Come on now. This is the real thing. This is what he said he'd do. Is he, is he telling the truth? He's talking about you. What's he, what's he saying? I'm telling you what he's saying. Accepted. I acknowledge you. Hmm. There might be some people in your own family you just don't want to acknowledge. <laughs> you know, you go to the go to the events and some of your family members show up it's like is that your brother <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> it's not that way in heaven someone said jesus is that your brother is that your sister yeah they're mine god father god is that your kid yep that's one of mine they're looking pretty good aren't they Yeah, look how shiny they are. (laughs) Totally shiny and clean. All washed and made new. Nothing wrong with them at all. Look at them. Because here's the thing. You don't get into that place without close scrutiny and examination. Why? Because God doesn't accept everything. He doesn't accept everybody. They have to meet a standard. And that bar is really high. That standard is no blemish. That standard is zero sin. That standard is flawless. But if God could look at you and examine you, and listen, if you received him, he's done this for you. He checked you out. You came to him, and he looked at you. Inside and out. Knows everything about you he examined you closely the magnifying glass out 
looked at you and came out of that thing saying, they're, they're perfect. There's nothing wrong. I don't find any blemish. I don't find anything wrong with this one. I don't find anything that would want me to stay away or want me to keep them out, for, you know, to stop them from ruin it, ruining it for, for everyone else. And he says, accepted. Accepted. And so we never for a moment have to think that God is kind of embarrassed with us being around. And he's just kind of tolerating us. Yeah, yeah, I guess they're forgiven. I guess i got to let them in. Come on. <sighs> no, accepted. And this is the verse I wanted to show you. I was trying to get to this verse all day long. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, I mean, when I was preparing, I started it at the beginning, and I kept moving it down, down, down. I said, well, we'll come there later. If, Ephesians chapter 1, let, let's just begin reading verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritually every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Where? In Christ, just as He chose us. Where? In Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption by son, as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us, what? Accepted in the Beloved. See, this is one of those verses like we talked about last week, one of those in Christ's verses in him in this verse it uses different language called in the beloved where am i i am because i'm in him i am accepted you may have had at times in your life probably all of us had to some degree times when you were rejected by someone by some group uh, someone said no to you. Someone said, I'm not interested. Someone said, someone rejected. Maybe it was severe. Maybe it was like a parent uh, and you experienced rejection in some way. How many know that can be very painful? That can be very harmful. It, it, it disrupts a life for oftentimes for many years going forward until they can come out of that. Uh, uh, but understand this, in Christ, you are accepted. You will never, ever, ever coming to Jesus be rejected. He was the perfect and complete sacrifice on your behalf, and he will never say no to you. When you come to him, his arms are always, always wide open, ready to embrace and to fully and completely accept you in him. I don't know about you. I'm glad I am in the beloved. Praise God. But again, a lot of times these things... You know, people carry rejection many times for years and years, but it's time for that to go away. Sometimes a pet, if you ever got a pet and somebody, you know, abused the pet before you got it, uh, that pet, that animal, dog or whatever, will never act right. You know, they always cower. They just don't have, they, they're not confident. They don't feel, they don't feel love, I guess. You know, we've got, the, we've got this cat that I don't know what's wrong with our cat. But this, uh, this cat, you know, we had it since it was a kitten, but I'm thinking somebody must have kicked the cat somewhere along the line uh, because the cat is just totally antisocial. And, uh, and you, if you, you try to pet the cat, he, he, he cowers. <laughs> just rude. I mean, you think, we feed you, we water you, we let you in the garage during the winter. 
you know, so you don't freeze. You go to pet him, and he's like, I mean, he doesn't run away necessarily or scratch, but just, just act like, I don't like you. <laughs> Yet then he'll rub up against everything, you know, how they do that. And try, and try to get that. But then you go to pet him, and it's like, I think someone hurt this cat somewhere along the line that we didn't know. Anyway, don't be that way. <laughs> In Christ, we are accepted. If you've ever been rejected, those things have, those are, those parts have passed away. Those things are gone from you. You will never, for eternity, come to the Lord, and He acts like He's just kind of tolerating your presence. Or he's just kind of, I know they're, they're, they're a member now. They're in the body. No, you are accepted in him. And God is actually thrilled about this. He's pleased. When we show up, you know what he sees? Shiny. <laughs> All cleaned up. And he sees it through the lens of his son. Everything is perfect. Everything's been made new. And we are accepted. In fact, Zephaniah 3.17. Look, it, it talks about how, how the Lord rejoices over us with gladness. How he rejoices over us with singing. Did, did you, one, did you know the Lord sings? <laughs> Can't wait to hear that, huh? It's good. But who, what does he sing about? I, I, some probably find it hard to imagine, but the Lord sings about you. The Lord sings about me. We sing about him, and we sing to him, but he sings too. Who's he going to sing about? <laughs> He's singing about his beloved and everybody who's in him, everybody who he's made new, everybody who he's washed, everybody whom he's cleansed. You see, in our day, Jesus said in Luke 4, verse 19, he came to procl proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. God so wanted through all these years to accept, to embrace, and to receive all people. But he had to reject them because they did not reach the standard. But he said, now it's an accepted time. In, in, in 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 2, now is the accepted time. Today, behold, now is the day of salvation, a day where God can embrace and accept Every single person who will come to who? Jesus. Who will come to Jesus, the beloved, we get accepted in him. One more verse. Let's go to Romans 15. We'll finish up over here today. Everybody okay so far? Getting anything good so far? Come on now, let's stir it up. This, this enhances and changes our relationship when you know that you're loved. Because listen, we're, we're oftentimes so familiar with what's wrong. But we're not supposed to be mindful of what's wrong. We're supposed to be mindful of Jesus and what's right about him and what he made us to be. Praise God. It's kind of like this whole process is almost like if you've ever hired someone to work for you, uh, maybe to do a project at your house to fix something or to build something. Uh, let's say, you know, you hired someone to build you a doghouse. You know, so you, you might have got a couple bids. And, uh, and one person gave you a bid of X number of dollars, and they, and they gave you a plan. We'll do this, this, and this. We'll carpet it and air condition it and give it a drinking fountain and uh, uh, whatever. You got this bid, and, uh, and someone else brought you another bid, and finally you looked at them, and you accepted one. 
You said, no, I'm not going to take this. I'm going to accept this, right? You accepted what they proposed. And then they're going to come in. They do the work. They build you a nice doghouse. And, uh, and they, they, they make it really nice. But how many know the process is not finished yet? Now you're going to go back and see what you got. And you're going to look at the bid, you're going to look at the final product, and you're going to make sure that you got everything that they agreed to, that you agreed to, so that before they get paid, you know, you accept their work. And, and likewise, in our lives today, we had to be presented before God as acceptable. Because He's not going to let you in and ruin it for the rest of us. <laughs> Unless you came through the right channels... And in that process of coming in Christ, old things were passed away, all things were made new. Now you came through Him, and you meet the standards of God's righteousness and perfection. You've been washed and cleansed, and now you fit in with everyone else. There are going to be no black sheep in the family of God. There are going to be no one in heaven that lives down the block that everyone's embarrassed about. Maybe you've been that person in your family or in your life, and, and you've been the one to blow it. I'm telling you, in Christ, that's no longer true. In Christ, you've been examined, you've been thoroughly gone through, and He looks at you and everything's good now. Everything is accepted because it's been perfected in Jesus. And, and Paul was ministering, uh, his call was to minister to the Gentiles. Romans 15 and verse 16, 15 and verse 16 says that I might be a that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles ministering the gospel of God gospel of God is grace by the way that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable sanctified by the Holy Spirit you see he wanted to bring the Gentiles but that offering of the Gentiles had to be made acceptable first how does that happen it's he said, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. When the person comes to Jesus, the Spirit of God comes in, makes them new, cleans them up, washes them, sanctifies, sets them apart, and now they become acceptable to God. I'm so thankful that I don't ever have to worry, and I'm telling you, you don't ever have to worry another moment in your life that God is somehow going to turn His head away from you. That somehow something you've done, some, some failure or lack of obedience or something has made God embarrassed that you even call yourself a Christian. If you've come through Jesus, you are, I am, accepted and never will be rejected because I've come through the accepted one. Amen. I've been stamped, approved, accepted. I got the seal. I've gone through the process. I've got the paperwork. Amen. I've been examined. And the Lord, I came out spotless in Christ. Everybody say, I'm clean in Him. Amen. Accepted we are. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, for every person you love, you love us so much, we're so thankful for this, so thankful for what you've given, what you've presented, what you've provided, that we can come into a holy, unhindered, unblemished relationship with you, never to look back, never to look down, never to feel guilty or ashamed but, Lord, to feel accepted, fully embraced by you.
Lord, no matter what the people have gone through in their past, though some have been shunned, put aside, they've been rejected by men, Lord, I thank you today that they're accepted in Him. And Lord, so thankful we are for this. Father, for those who've come to church this morning, have never yet received.